Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Problems of Our Father podcast. We thank God for blessing us over here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry for teaching on the words of eternal life. We worship God in the beauty of holiness because God has been blessing us over and over again. I pray that you continue to stay tuned and listen and continue to manifest God's glory in your life as you continue to listen to these messages. Because these messages is so powerful, powerful and so prevalent in the world today. We need a word of encouragement. David had to encourage himself in order to get from out of the place of emptiness and darkness and void. So David started dancing and he encouraged himself. So I pray that this word brings some life into your spirit and rejuvenate your mind and your spirit so that your mind and your spirit can be renewed in the spirit of Christ. We thank God for all the spiritual cuts leaders all throughout the world that is teaching on the words of eternal life. This is just not an easy message to give and teach on because people are all speaking the same words that they've been taught since they've been a little child, that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. But God says, if I can find one out of a thousand that teach my words. He says, I will give them, bring them back to their youth and their flesh shall be fresher than a child. That's the reward that we are receiving here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. So you Spiritual Cuts leaders out there, continue to do the work of the ministry in edifying the body of Christ. We thank you without further ado. We're going to continue where we left off in the last episode, and we're going to just continue where God has taken us because God is doing a new thing in the earth. He's speaking the words of eternal life. He says that my kingdom will not come until it is preached throughout the world. And this word is going throughout the world and it is the glory of God because the kingdom of God is the glory of God. So God is teaching his glory through the kingdom of this message. So these messages ties into one another. And I pray that you continue to let the spirit of him and the promise of our father continue to manifest the glory glory of God inside of you because you cannot please God in the flesh. So if you're listening to these messages and trying to comprehend them out of the flesh, you're already in the wrong position and the wrong place with God because God is spirit and they that worship and come to him must worship him and come to him in spirit and truth. So without further ado, we're going to continue where we left off. But on the last episode, but I'm going to start with Job like I normally do to give us a reference point on what God is doing. Amen. In Job chapter 33, verse 23 reads, If there is a messenger for God, a mediator for God, one among a thousand, to show man and woman God's uprightness, then God then God is gracious to the man and the woman and says, deliver my people from going down to the pit. God says to us, deliver my people. If he could find one from out of a thousand, 
Deliver my people from going down to the grave. God said, if I could find just one among a thousand, he says, I would ask them to deliver my people from going down to death. Hmm? And he would say, I have found myself a ransom. His or her flesh shall be young like a child. He and she shall return to the days of their youth. So your reward in teaching the words of eternal life is God is reversing back the years and restoring back the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm has eaten up. He says, I'm going to restore back the years and your flesh is going to be fresher than a child. He's going to bring us back into our youth. That is a reward we receive here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry as we go through these messages and continue to teach the words of eternal life. He and she shall pray to God, and God will delight in them. They shall see his face with joy, and God will restore to the man, and God will restore to the woman his righteousness. Not mine, not yours, but his righteousness. The righteousness of God is eternal life. In Proverbs 12, 28, it says, In the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in his path. So God says those who teach the words of eternal life, his righteousness, his eternal glory shall be manifested in us, his righteousness. So I want to continue with the messages that God has called me into. Return back to God, eternal righteousness, part three. Return to God's eternal righteousness, part three. And like I spoke before, there's a lot of hate crimes going on in the earthly realm today. There's a lot of religious hate crime, huh? When in fact, we all study from the same Holy Bible, that we receive the same scriptures, that we receive the same commandments, that we receive the same teaching from God and Christ, his son. Huh? I want you to know that we are taught by God and God teaches us through his son, Christ, because Christ is our teacher in Matthew 23, 8. And we're all taught by God. We're all learned and taught by God in John 6, 45. So the anti, the anti-Semitic over the years, meaning people against religious groups, that means that it has increased in the last six, seven months. It has increased to 400 percent. Huh? That's so much a hatred and religion hate crime that are taking place right now before our eyes on a daily basis, which is a form of anti-Semitism in the churches that we are seeing it against each other, but it's the churches that we are experiencing across the United States and and the world. But it's been going on for over 2,000 plus years where people have been hatred. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses against Catholics, Catholics against Baptists, Baptists against Presbyterians, Presbyterians against, you know what I mean, the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ is against Hindu, Hindu against Muslim or Islam. So there's all kind of hatred found in these foundations we call religion. Huh? So anti-Semitism. 
is going on. And now it's being exposed. Huh? They're saying it's being exposed because the war that is taking place in Israel. But I guarantee you, it's God is exposing it through Israel to show us how wrong we are in, ju in, in judgment of who we think we are in the church. Because if your church think that that church is less than your church and your church think that your church is better than that church, you have already committed semi-antism or anti-semitism. Huh? So God is rectifying all these things in the earthly realm. And God says, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of all these things. They won't even worship me in the beauty of holiness. So God says in Acts... Chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, he said, repent huh, and return back to me. He said, I'm letting you know I'm going to judge the earth and I'm going to judge the people who live in the earth and I'm going to judge the people who live in the world huh, at an appointed day and an appointed time on eternal life. And that's exactly what our father is doing as we speak. So, my brothers and sisters, I didn't come to talk to you about anti-Semitism, although it's up to 400% in the earthly realm as we speak. God is changing himself, and God is exposing himself and asking us to understand that he's looking for the change in people to be himself. Because people have their own concept and their own belief about God and all these dogmatic religions. Huh? Christ come to teach. And they was against Christ when Christ came to teach them on the words of eternal life, which was a form of anti-Semitism against God's Son, who is Christ. They didn't mind Jesus. But they call him a bastard child because he had a daddy that was not Joseph. Mary had a child and they didn't understand the comprehension of the power of the seed of God through the seed of Christ that he put in Mary to produce Jesus as the lamb. So they call him a bastard child. So now we are dealing with anti-Semitism, even in the religious group back then, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the Romans. So all this is taking place. And God said, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's not what I come to talk to you about, but I want you to know I'm going to pick up where I left off because I want God's word to go forward. And God says in John 5.24, he said, believe in him as God has sent him as the Christ and as his teacher. Christ says to them, and Christ teaches God's words to them. He said, if you believe in God, and if you believe in God's word found in 1 John 2.25 and in 1 John 5.13 and in John 5.24, he said, if you believe in us, you have everlasting life and you shall not come into judgment, but you shall pass from death into eternal life. This is just a rehash from the last episode and we're going to get right into where we're going once we finish the rehash. 
But since you spent your entire life thinking and believing that eternal life is given to you, and you've been taught from your spiritual church leaders over at the Community Grace Brethren Church and over at the Whosoever Move Church, huh? That eternal life means eternal, but you receive it when, when, when life ends here and it continues somewhere else. Since you believe in the doctrine of the commandments of men, this is what I will give you since you only made a confession huh, to the Lord Jesus and not a confession to the Lord God and the Lord Christ. I give you the resurrection life. Why? Because I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the resurrection and, I'm a, and I am the eternal life. And since you choose to be resurrected, I will grant you access to, the, to dying and, the, and, and then judge and then be judged huh, whether you shall receive the resurrection life and the, resur and, the resur and the resurrection of condemnation. So now you're taking a chance at when you don't believe in the word of God. Some of us done put out so much of hell, you know what I mean? And the scripture says, and even the elect is going to be deceived. Huh? And even those who are, matter of fact, he says that it is a slim chance that we're going to make it to the place where God is calling us. So I ain't taking that chance now that I have the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge of God and I understand the power of his resurrection. I ain't taking this chance and I pray that you get on board and you follow what God is doing. Because I am the resurrection and the eternal life. And since you chose to be resurrected, I'm going to grant you what you asked me for. Huh? The resurrection of life and the resurrection of condemnation. And all this teaching you are hearing and listening to comes straight from out of the scriptures. So we're going to continue in John 5.26. He says, and for as the father has eternal life in himself. So he has granted the son to have eternal life in himself and has given him authority to execute, execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear the voice of Christ and come forward, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So the scriptures is saying those who are in the grave will hear Christ's voice come forward and they will hear Christ's voice and come forward who has done good to the resurrection of life. This means if you die and go to the grave, you will enter into another entity of the life of God in Christ through the body of Jesus. But however, it doesn't give you the fullness of God as the Godhead. Why? Because you only came into the knowledge of Jesus and not the knowledge of God and Christ. Huh? 
In other words, it is saying you have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. Even Jesus had to learn, hey, glory Christ. Because no one can come to God except by Christ. Even Jesus had to go to God. Excuse me, even Jesus had to go to Christ to get to God. And we know he was the word that was made flesh. How much more do we have to go through the process to get in Jesus and confess him with our mouth and move from the place of confession to believing in our hearts the eternal glory of God through the eternal power of Christ? You have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. John eleven twenty five further teaches us about the difference entities of eternal life and the resurrection life. Let's go to John eleven twenty five. Christ said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the eternal life. He or she who believes in me as the Christ, though he or she may die, he or she shall live. Now, this verse of scriptures is referring to those who hear Christ's voice from the grave and come forth. But only those who have done good in believing only in G the Lord Jesus or only in him, they confess with their mouth, they shall have the resurrection of eternal life. But this is not the same as having eternal life and living forever. This is not the same as eternal life and living forever and not dying as Christ taught in John 6, 48 through 51. I am the bread of eternal life. And, and though your fathers and your mom and your dad and some of your relatives have slipped out of here and they are dead in the wilderness because they was eating manna, which means what is it? They are dead. Not like them. He said, but if you eat of this living bread, if you eat of my flesh that lives, he says, you shall not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And he said, if you eat of this living bread, you shall live forever and not die. But this is not the same as having eternal life and living forever and not dying as Christ taught in John 6, 48. See, people think the resurrection life is the same as eternal life because the man says in the teaching from the whosoever moved church that living forever means that you have to die. But living forever means forever. But it continues on saying if you have eternal life, he says that that's when life ends for you here and you have it when you get there. That's not the teaching of God. Huh? That is not the teaching and the word of God. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Lazarus died and he raised him because he heard the voice of God from out of the grave. Huh? And he shall be judged on doing good and what he's done evil. So you don't want to take that chance, huh? When you have the opportunity this day and who you're going to serve. But for me and my house, we are going to serve the eternal glory of God and the eternal spirit of Christ. Head glory. 
But in John 11, 25, Christ explained to Martha and all the other saints of God and Christians and believers out there what happened to those who died and didn't hear the voice of Christ from the grave. But in John, you got to get this, John eleven twenty six, 26, the, the very next verse. He continued teaching Martha, and he continued teaching the disciples, and Christ began to explain eternal life and living forever. He began to start explaining what God meant by what he said. And so many people are stuck in where they're at, and they don't even pay attention to what God is saying in his word. Huh? And most people don't believe what God is saying in his word because most people believe in God's word coming from somebody who's saying it. Most people go to the synagogue. Most people go to the church. Most people go to church every week and week in and week out and don't even bring their Bible. They don't even bring up. Now, if you are guilty of that, you need to reconstruct what you're thinking when you go serve God. You'll go and serve a man because a man have the Bible of God and you are listening. You don't even know if that's speaking of God or he's the anti-Christ that Christ said that is in the world and we have now witnessed right now. So therefore, and furthermore, in John eleven twenty six, look what he says. And whoever is alive and whoever is remaining and believes in me as Christ, the son of God, shall never die. Come on. And then he asked the most powerful question about eternal life. He says, do you believe thou this? Y'all hear what I'm saying? He said, do you believe thou this? Then Christ made the most profound statement. And he explained so that we would know the difference and the resurrection of life and the eternal life of God and the eternal life of Christ. He said to him, do you believe in eternal life, Martha? Do you believe that you can never die? Why would Christ teach such a message and it can't be what it means? When it comes to the word of God, the father said, my word that my son teaches will not return to me void. Hmm? It will prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. Do you believe that you'll never die and that you can live forever? Huh? Do you believe that you can live forever and never die until I come back, Christ come back for his church, for his body? which is the church. Do you believe in God's testimony that he has given us eternal life through his eternal son, through his eternal spirit? Do you believe thou this? Huh? Return back to God, eternal glory. Return back to God, eternal righteousness. Return back to God, eternal life. Huh? This is powerful. The just shall live by faith. Especially if this is the body of the Lord Jesus. After confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. This is an extraordinary concept of the truth of God. Because in the stage of the process of entering into the under, understanding 
process of how and why we have eternal life begins with this confession. The Lord Jesus opened, with, began with this, let me say that again, began with this confession of the Lord Jesus opens the doors to eternal life. So your confession and believing in your heart that the Lord Jesus raised from the dead, you shall be saved, only brings you into the family. It doesn't give you eternal life. It gives you access to get into the body of God and the body of Christ. Romans 10, 9, again, and I explain. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. First thing you need to understand, what was the purpose of Jesus coming in the flesh? Let's look and see. Through the scriptures, 1 John, excuse me, in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. Huh? And said, Behold, look, the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ. So now we clearly see that Jesus, as the Lamb of God, come to take away sin. You hear me? So Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. But the blood that was used to take away the sin was the blood of the the blood of God as the Lamb that was called and named Jesus. Now we see the Lord Jesus' purpose. Let's look at the events that brings us into his purpose. In John 1, verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. They're talking about Christ. And the word did not know him. This is Christ. They are talking about not Jesus because all things was made through Christ, not Jesus. John 1, 11 says, and he came into his own. You see, Christ was already his own through the spirit of God. Huh? He came into his own who is talking about Jesus. Huh? He was baptized when he was baptized by Christ through the Spirit of God. And it reads, Jesus came into his own as the Christ and his own who knew Jesus before he became into the Christ could not or did not receive Jesus as the Christ when Jesus came into his own. Then it further explains the reward those who do receive him when he come into his own. John 1, 12. But as many as receive him as the Christ, to them he give them the right to become the children, the sons and the daughters of those who believe in him and his name as Christ. Jesus Christ. Now they describe who the Christ is who made and caused Jesus to come into his own. Christ who was born. Look at verse 13. John 1.13 explains it all. Y'all got to get this. John chapter 1 verse the Christ who was born not of blood. Jesus was born of Mary, but not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Can't go. God. 
nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus Christ, who was born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, if we read this verse correctly, we see that Christ didn't have the blood and the flesh of man when he was born. Christ had the blood and the flesh of God when he was born. And then he came into Jesus' body, who was born by his mother Mary, or through, mother, through his mother Mary, flesh and blood and water. Verse 14 explains. Huh? John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we, look what he did, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. See, in John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believed in him shall not perish and have everlasting life, shall not die, but has everlasting life. But that's the begotten Son, the one you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised the begotten Son from the dead. Hey, I got to explain this here so that we can march in a place where our comprehension and understanding is from God. So now the begotten son ain't the same person as the beloved son. In Luke 3, 21, huh? I want you to realize in Luke 3, 21, you have to realize this was identified so we can understand what's about to be explained. That the Lord Jesus came in a fleshly body to abolish sin, but Christ's body came to abolish death in a spiritual body of God. So in Luke 3.21, when Jesus prayed and the windows of heaven opened up, and God said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, this is teaching here. If you can follow this teaching, so now the begotten son, who was Jesus, is now being manifested through the beloved son. He says, hear him. Hear his teaching. Even Jesus had to hear the teaching of Christ in order to be taught by God and go back where he come from in God through Christ because even Jesus couldn't get to God except through Christ. This was identified so we understand what's, happen, what's about to happen or what's about to be explained. That the Lord Jesus came in a fleshly body to abolish sin, but Christ came to abolish death in a spiritual body huh? of God. We saw in John 1.29 that the Lord Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. Now in 2 Timothy 1.9, and 10 says, let's read 2 Timothy. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his, of his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. 2 Timothy verse 9 says, And who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, and not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. So God had a purpose for Jesus, and God had a purpose for Christ. Now he's explaining the purpose of Christ. But in John huh, 1, he's explaining the purpose say, of God. 
for the purpose he called Christ, which was given to us in Christ. Huh? Not according to, he, let me see that again. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and which was given to us in Christ Jesus, not in the Lord Jesus, but in Christ Jesus before time began. Because Jesus, huh? Jesus' presence in the beginning, it was the Holy Spirit. So later on in the New Testament that was given the name, he was given the name Jesus or Emmanuel or the Lamb of God. Let's make this clear. But this is the verse I'm trying to get to so you can see where the Lord Jesus came to abolish sin in our body, but Christ came to abolish death in our body. But they both had to be raised from the dead because of sin. Hmm? So now, let me begin to explain what God is saying here. So when we understand what God is saying, we're going to know what God is doing. So now let me explain what God is saying. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, it says, But has now, who? Christ. But has now been revealed by the appearance of the Savior. The, look, the Lord Jesus Christ has now been at his appearance. When he came through the doors that were shut, everybody thought that was still Jesus in the appearance. Huh? But he, Christ said, touch me. So, uh, he says, flesh and bones don't have a spirit. But this is the body that God created on the sixth day that came through the doors that were shut. So he's telling them now, look, who has abolished death? That was the day death was abolished when he came through the doors that were shut. And the doors represent dead flesh. The doors represent deadness of the sin that is in us of the flesh. And Christ walked right through it. And the body of Jesus that appeared as Jesus, as the Christ. The body that was made without hands on the sixth day in the image and the likeness of God out of the terrestrial and the celestial. The Holy Spirit came from the terrestrial and you would always hear me say the terrestrial had flesh. The Holy Spirit had flesh before it huh, became the word that was made flesh in, first, in John chapter 114. But the celestial, the spirit of him, and the spirit of Christ came through the celestial. And God took 46 chromosomes, 23, a male and a female, and made man in his likeness. The man that was in the likeness was the body of Jesus that was made from the earth. But the body of the celestial was in the image of his daddy. Whoa, who is God that produced Christ as his son. Now, this is heavy. I'm going to try to slow down. I'm going to try to slow down. But God has allowed for Christ at his appearing, who has abolished death and brought eternal life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the gospel is, taught, is teaching us eternal life if you search the scriptures and know that you think what you have and then find out what you think you have, now you know. He says you 
know that you have eternal life. These are they that testify of him who abolished death. Not just him who all they talk about is Jesus who came for the sins of the world. Even after he came for the sins of the world, he still needed the abolishment of death. Gee, I got to get out of there. You have to know that this, know this before we get into the deep revelation of God in Christ. Because if we are good, are the just of God and the just of Christ. We need to know why we are the just who live by faith, especially if this faith is the body of Jesus. You hear me? Man, this is heavy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. If we are carrying about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Huh? For we who are alive and remain are always delivered to death for the Lord Jesus' sake, that the life of the Lord Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal body. Christ came to, uh, look, Christ came to abolish the body that was mortal, to make the mortal body immortal. Immortality. He brought immortality and he brought eternal life. Hey, you got to get this. And if Christ is, if we are alive and remain and always delivered to death for the, for the Lord Jesus' sake, that the life of the Lord Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal body. Now, this is a very powerful statement. Why? Because if the Lord Jesus' body was and is used for the sins of the world, that means we have to understand and comprehend through Christ's teaching what that means. Especially if we are always carrying about in the body of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the, the Lord Jesus also be manifested in our mortal bodies. Let's visit Romans 8.10. But remember John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God who came for the sin of the world. He didn't say sins, the sin of the world. Hmm? Must I also remind you that when John said to the Lord Jesus that he is the Lamb of God, this was the first time the Lord Jesus was revealed he is the Lamb. He was the Lamb of God. After 30 years of him being on earth, how we know that is because John was so excited huh? when God revealed it to him. He said, behold, or look, with so much enthusiasm and excitement, even he himself was surprised at the revelation of God. This was the first time the Lamb of God was revealed to anybody. After Abraham told his own son Isaac in Genesis 22, 8, God would provide a lamb for himself. Well, in John 1, 29, huh, God revealed himself as the Lamb of God in the body of Jesus. Now we need to understand and comprehend the purpose of the Lamb of God and the purpose of the body of the Lord Jesus that take away the sin in the world or that take away the sin in the people. Romans 8, 8 says, let's explain it. 
In Romans 8, it says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So Jesus came for the sin that was in the flesh because the sin that was in the flesh did not allow for the body to be the body of flesh to please God. So sin had to be taken from out of the flesh through the Lamb of God body, but through God Son Jesus. So the blood washes the way of sin that was the Lamb, but the body he needed for sin. So Jesus was in the body of the Lamb, and the Lamb provided Jesus' body for the be sin. So sin had to be removed. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So now Jesus, as the Lord Jesus, is now in a place where his body can please God because his body has no more sin. His sin has taken, a, taken, a, taken, away, or taken away the sin of the world. Come on. But you are not in the flesh. Romans 10, 9, 8, 9. This is heavy. You are not in the flesh but you are in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone, including Christians and believers and saints of God, does not have the spirit of Christ, or he or she does not have the spirit of God in them. So if you are in the flesh, you are none of his. If you have not the spirit of Christ and the spirit of God, <clears throat> so the paradigm shift of the mind has to be manifested in the baptism. The manifestation of God's glory has to be manifested in the baptism. So if you are in the flesh and we are teaching on eternal life and living forever and not dying in this flesh, you cannot understand or never understand the teaching of God and the teaching of Christ. Why? Because you are trying to figure out something pertaining to God and Christ where neither of the two abides. And for that reason, you cannot please God, nor can you please Christ. And the scripture says you are none of his. Who is the his he is talking about? Huh? The his is the spirit of God. So when you call yourself coming to God, worshiping God in spirit and truth, you're none of his. You're wasting your time. Because you're operating from a place where God is not pleased. Hmm? God's supposed to dwell in you. God's supposed to dwell in me. But if you have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Now, this teaching is straight from out of scriptures in Romans 8, 9. Then you goes to say in the next verse in Romans 8, 10. And if Christ is in you, hey, the body is dead because of sin. But because of sin, huh? Because of the spirit of God is eternal life because of righteousness. So eternal life, which is the righteousness of God, is eternal life that is in you. If the body is dead, if Christ be in you, 
So if Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in the pathway, let's look at that again in Romans 8, 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but because the Spirit of God is eternal life. Because of eternal life, especially in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in its path. Now, if the Spirit of Him... Huh? And the Spirit of God is in you. You have eternal life. And if Christ is in you, you have eternal life. This is a picture of the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. This is a picture of the righteousness of God, of the, or the, or the eternal life of God is revealed from the eternal body of God and the eternal body of Christ found in Romans 117. Hmm? But if Christ be in you in Romans 810, the body's dead because of sin. Now we have to figure out what body that is in us that is dead. Because of sin, we need to remember that Jesus' body was made for, for the sin of the world. And if the body is dead because of sin, this body has to be the body of the Lord Jesus. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart huh, that God has raised him from the dead. So the body is dead, but this dead body has to be raised. You got to get out of here. We need to also remember in 2 Corinthians 4.10 how we are always caring about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, huh? that the eternal life of the Lord Jesus also be manifested in our mortal bodies. And we who are, who are alive and remain are always delivered to death for the Lord Jesus' sake, that the eternal life of the Lord Jesus may also be in our mortal flesh. Now, this is heavy, brothers. This is heavy. Now, if the body is dead because of sin, and the Lord, and the Lord Jesus came down through 42 generations for sin in the body, and our salvations come from out of comprehending and understanding. We are confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Lord Jesus. If this portion of our salvation is lost, and if this portion of our salvation is not explained, you would never grasp or perceive the righteousness of God or the eternal life of God is revealed from faith to faith or from God's eternal body to Christ's eternal body to have the life of God as the promise of our Father. So when the scripture says the just shall live by faith, or the just shall live by the understanding and the believing in their heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. And through that process of God raising the Lord Jesus from the dead, when the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, you were too raised from the dead. This is where the conflict and the lack of knowledge and the lack of understanding of the purpose of the Lord Jesus live or lies. The answer lies in understanding this process. Why? Because Christ, because Christians and believers and saints of God is still worshiping Jesus on the cross. 
But God who has raised him, the Lord Jesus from the dead, has a new purpose in our life. Now since he has been risen from the dead, this body of the Lord Jesus, who we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised from the dead, brings us into the newness of eternal life and the renewing of the spirit of our mind. And this new man or new woman as the Lord Jesus, excuse me, or this new man as the Lord Jesus, who God raised from the dead, has now has no sin in his body. So you are not in the flesh where the sin is at. The body is dead because of sin. This is the body or the container that we walk in. That body is dead because of sin. But the body that was raised from the grave on the third day. Hey, glory, the Lord Jesus. Now the confession of your mouth and believing in your heart has to match up. <coughs> Excuse me. And be equally yoked unequivocally with one another. So if we receive the body of Jesus, or if we receive the body of the Lord Jesus, that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised from the dead, we too have no sin in us. Why? Because the body, uh, the body of the Lord Jesus has already served his purpose in death to take away the sin in the world or the sin in the people or the sin in the body as the Lamb of God. We find in John 1, 29. Now we are birthed. Now we are born now we are baptized again into something we can't understand because we are trying to understand it in the flesh and not in the spirit of him and the promise of our father because you cannot please God <coughs> in the flesh. The Lord Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin in, in God's people. You hear me? who take away the sins in God's people out of the flesh. And now that's why scriptures in Romans 8, 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if the Lord Jesus as the Lamb of God, who take away sin from out of the flesh, allow for us to not be in the flesh. Since we cannot please God in the flesh, God had to provide a way for us to not to be in the flesh to please him. Why? Because in the flesh, there is no good thing in the flesh. This is why he sent his word to make it flesh, to take away the sin in the flesh. Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit of God. And if the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone, especially Christians and believers and saints of God, does not have the spirit of Christ, you are not a part of God's spirit. Why? Because you only believe in the Lord Jesus' spirit, who God raised from the dead, and you don't understand the process of the death of the Lord Jesus. You don't understand the process of the of the Lord Jesus. You don't understand the process of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and why the body is dead if Christ be in you and the spirit of him and the spirit of God dwells in you if the body is dead because sin, because through the spirit of him and of God dwells in you, you have eternal life and the eternal life of Christ's body.
Kabbalah. Romans 6.1 explains it better. Let's get to it. Romans 8.10 says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Romans 6.1 says, What shall we say? Then shall we continue worshiping sin in the dead body? That grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Question. When did we die to sin? Oh, I'm glad you asked. We died to sin when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. That's when we became free of sin and the body went dormant. The body went dead because sin lies in the dead body. But if Christ be in you, if the Lord God of God's spirit be in you, Come on, you got to get this. Huh? When the confession with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, sin was annihilated. It was gone. And we keep bringing it back up. That's the day you died to sin, and this is the day. That the body became dead because of sin. If indeed the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ dwells in you. Romans 6, 2. You got to get these last few verses and I'm going to close and we're going to finish up. Huh? In Romans chapter, Romans chapter 6, verse 2. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Because of ignorance. I answer that. Because of the lack of knowledge. Because they think and believe in their heart they all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And all, you know what I mean? We, life is short. That's why they live longer in it. Because they bring death back into their relationship and they have a relationship with death thinking they're having a relationship with God. How foolish it is to think that after you die, huh, you receive eternal life when Christ taught us that eternal life and not dying means that you live forever. But man says that although eternal means forever, huh, and it means just that, but the continuation, huh, it, you receive it after the life ends on this side. Come on, man. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? When you declare out of your mouth and believe in your heart, we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short. You are living in sin. Romans 6, 3 tells us why Christians and believers that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and life is too short. Huh? Because they don't know this, the power, this powerful truth pertaining to the power of Christ's resurrection. Romans 6.3 explains it. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus. See, Jesus had to be baptized into Christ for Christ to take the stain from out of Jesus. And Jesus had to take the stain from out of us through the body of the Lamb. And when he took the sting from out of us through the body of the lamb, we too, eat glory, has the same power when we confess with our mouth and believe to in our hearts that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. So that process 
takes away sin and we are now in the same position with the life of Jesus. Because in, 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 second, in second Corinthians 4, 10 says, we are always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus in our bodies which represents you always confessing in your mouth and believing in your heart that God raised them and we too was raised with him. Boy, I got to get out of there. So in Romans 6, 3 says, or oh, do you not know that as many, of us, as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Let's look at what happened after the Lord Jesus was baptized by Christ. Watch this here. Scriptures back up everything we are teaching right now. In John chapter 4, verse 1, look what it says about baptized. Huh? This was after Christ baptized Jesus. Huh? And look what it says. You hear what I'm saying? Look what it says, my brothers and sisters. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 1. And we're going to get there, my brothers, because I tell you, this is some powerful stuff. And I pray that God continue to manifest his glory in you and in me through the spirit of him and the promise of our father. Because God is teaching us something that is so powerful. So let's go to John chapter 4, verse 1. And therefore, when Christ knew that the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and look, look, Christ made and baptized more disciples than John, though Christ himself did not baptize, but his disciples, you just can't make this stuff up. It's right in our face. It's right here in the scriptures. This verse of scriptures is referring to Romans 6, 3 or do you not know that as many of us, Christians and believers and saints of God, were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into the death. Into his death. This is so very powerful. Although it seems so simple, this is so very powerful. Why? Because Christians and believers are baptized into something that they cannot comprehend or understand. And my brother S. Lee said, huh? This other brother D, Pastor D, let me tell you something. I said, huh? He says, what's understood, son, don't need to be explained. Come on. Look at S. Lee. Even as Lee knew about what God meant, high glory, when we was baptized into him. So now he's telling us, but though this message may be or sound simple to you, this message has to be explained. Huh? Because to Christians and believers and the majority of the believers and Christians, this verse of scriptures in Romans 6, 3 is not understood. So that's why I'm explaining it. Isaiah 28, 9 says, God says, whom will I get to teach knowledge and whom will he get to understand the message? One among a thousand. Ah, glory. If he can get one among a thousand, he says, I will reverse their days back to their youth as a child. If they deliver them from the pit, if they deliver them from the grave, if they deliver them through the message of Christ teaching the eternal spirit of God, if they deliver them from going down to the death, 
Hey, whom will I get? Those who wean from the milk and those who are weaned from the breast and those who are weaned from the titty. So, so many people are on the titty and so many people are on the breast and so many people are on milk. They can't even comprehend the knowledge, the heights and the depth of God's glory. Come on. For precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's why I use the scriptures. Because I'm using line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm snatching these scriptures because God is referring me to them. He's teaching me and he's revealing himself to us through these scriptures when we're tying them together. So with Paul and with Peter and with John them taught, we have to understand, we have to be able to manifest God's glory because we are the new set of twelves as the disciples of God through the spirit of Christ. Because Christ is still teaching just because he's with the Father and he's coming back for his church and his body that is understanding how the church and the body operates through the eternal spirit of his glory. So precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. The book of John, it had to be talking about referring to Romans 6, 3. He says that Christ baptized more disciples. He made and baptized. That's where the revelation he made and baptized more disciples than John. Although he didn't come on. Oh, Romans 6, 3. Do you not know that as many, uh, that as many, that as many, that as many Christians and believers and saints of God were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into God. So, I want you to realize God got us going somewhere, so let me get this to you like God gave it to me. So we got to get to the place where I continue to read and God wants us to understand this one thing. He says, check this out. So Christ baptized us into the Lord Jesus. Death, the minute we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. He made us into this baptism. He baptized and made more disciples than John. Just through the confession, our sins was done away with through what Christ made in his baptism in the Christ Jesus body. This is heavy. In Romans 4, I'm going to close. Hey, I don't want to close, but I got to close. And Romans 4 explains it all. Therefore, Christians and believers and saints of God were baptized with him through baptism into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, yeah, even so we too, God, glory, even so we too, shall walk in the newness of eternal life, even so we too. If God can find one among a thousand to teach his words of eternal life, even so we too, hey, glory. Oh, Jesus should walk in the newness of eternal life and saying tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and the life is short. It doesn't sound nothing like even so we do. Oh, I got to get out of that. Even so we do to walk 
in the newness of life, the newness of eternal life. This message is powerful. I'm a cold right here. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. Even so, we too, though a thousand may fall on our right side and 10,000 on our left, he says, even death and the evil one and destruction shall not come near you. Even so, we too shall walk in the newness of life. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever.